today. <laughs> what do you know? I'm all prepared and everything. So, uh, let's take a quick look here. Got to start here. I don't know. You know, it's probably why people would say, I'm so, or I'm so uncomfortable in sales. I just can't. I just cannot get on board with this kind of thought process. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. They state things as fact. Think CPA. Think uh, your doctor. Uh, a diagnosis. Here's the problem. Here's the fix. This is how we're going to handle this. They state things as though they are fact. They don't ask you what you want to do. They tell you what you should do. And they tell you what to do quite frequently. It's not, it's not little Johnny asking if he can go to the bathroom, okay? It's you telling somebody, here's the problem. Here's how we're going to fix it. Here's the first step. That's it. So there you go. The successful person is in, has an authoritative presence. Hey, I'm on character trait number four, character trait behavior, what it is, number four that separates the successful agent or person from the unsuccessful. And that is that the successful agent has a presence of authority. They state things as fact, things CPA, things... I don't know. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Jay's Corner. 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, right on the dot. Thank goodness. I'm going to go for an hour. Uh, before I get started, be sure to like and subscribe, or at least subscribe. Uh, I realize that the topics are complicated. They're all over the map. It may seem like they're unrelated. The reality is the takeaways you can use for a lifetime you know, we hired a number of persons, a team of interns in their 20s intentionally. Why? Simply put, because I believe that simple common sense, if you have the right building blocks, can lead to an understanding of financial topics. And whether or not you're using myself or our professional services, at least the takeaway is that you have a basic, very good understanding about the way the financial world works, how money works, so that when the situations change throughout your lifetime or the different options that you face, and they both of them will change, that is certain, you can understand that, that you'll be able to adjust. So, uh, an hour, as I said, we've got lots of headlines, as usual, as usual. Uh, in addition to the channel, this is Jay's Corner. It is Jay, you can see the URL there uh, beneath my picture. It comes out a couple of times a week, as much as my time will allow. And you will see important things in here that I've mentioned throughout time. We're going to talk about a couple of them uh, when we are mm, in, in, in a little bit here when we talk about financial markets specifically. Okay. So first, the headlines. First, Medicare. So many people will know me as author of Maximize Your Medicare. There is the website for the book there. There's a separate YouTube channel called Maximize Your Medicare with my name. You can go there for all things about Medicare. I'm trying to give you information in an even-handed way. Remember, that's still not executing. 
meaning that I'm trying to arm you, give you information so that you can understand the dizzying number of factors to consider. However, actually crossing the finish line is very different than that, that you're not being shown, for example, Medigap pricing to the nth degree. On my to-do list of videos that I have to create is, uh, you know, I'm going to show you our internal tool just to show you how competitive the world is. And the fact that those, those prices can change. So as a result, anyway, here we go. The headlines here, this came out this week, last week, I guess. CMS releases the 2023 uh, Medicare Part D, which is a standalone prescription plan. Right, so it has been known what the actual parameters are. Here's what the headlines will be, and here's what the CMS will want you to, to you know, take as good news, which is that the basic monthly premium, the average monthly premium, will decline. Decline from 32.08 to $31.50. The implication here is that if you're subject to the late Part D late enrollment penalty, then it will decline for those months that you are late in 2023. By, what is it? Nope, it actually won't because of the rounding. Uh, no, it, it yeah. It, it will because of the complicated math. They multiply by months and then they round upward. They round to the closest 10 cents a month. That all said, I don't necessarily take too much from it. I, candidly speaking, that's its only function because the real information is sitting here and I've highlighted it here. So, you know, a deeper announcement on this website, which is by Thomson Reuters, comes in here and it tells you this information here, which is that the deductible, the and that deductible for newcomers to financial language, deductible basically means that you're first to the counter, you're first to the cash register, up to that amount, right? $505 will be the standard deductible for Part D plans. That doesn't mean that your plan, whether it be your individual Part D plan or your Medicare Advantage plan will be 505 it's basically setting goalposts what is what they do. They set goalposts and they tell all the carriers, look, you've got to at least hit this. Okay. The second one is the initial coverage limit, which is this second line here. I'll, let me just make it individual. Here it is right here, which is that this is the individual coverage limit. This is the beginning of what used to be known as the donut hole. Now, I renamed it the donut hole because it really should be called the coinsurance gap. It should not be called the coverage gap. It's the coinsurance gap. From this spot, once you have spent, uh, once you've met the deductible and then you are going to follow the schedule, once you get up to that number that's shown there on your screen, which is 4660, which is going to be $230 more a year. From that point, you will get a 75% discount. You will be subject to 25%. Now, there are caveats here. You can find out in other videos on Maximize Your Medicare channel. Also inside, you know, 
my favorite book on Medicare, which is that certain plans for insulin, for example, will have lower amounts inside the donut hole, inside the coverage gap than the 25%. That is entirely possible. Remember that these numbers, these statistics here are guidelines, meaning these are the minimum standard that the plans have to meet. From that point, you can be offered lower costs. Okay, last one is out-of-pocket uh, <clears throat> out uh, th thresholds. This is the beginning of what they call cat the catastrophic stage, meaning from this spot, from this spot, and I, it's, I don't think it's actually here. Uh, I, I want to call it 5 and 7%. And that will be in the in the text after today's broadcast. From that spot, you are going to have a limit, which is a ninety mid nineties percent discount. Now, the practical reality for persons that have expensive medications, this will mean more overall prescription drug costs, and the simple reason is that. You will, because of the fact that this number here is higher. Well, two numbers you can see the numbers are higher, right? The deductible is higher by what $25 in a year, but the real one is in here. Because what ends up happening here is you're spending more time in here because of the difference from this 4460 to 7400. And you can see it there, right? That between 4660 and 7400 is what? 2740. And in between there, you pay 25% of the total cost. So the reality is, is that your total cost that you would actually pay will be increasing, especially for those that meet the coinsurance gap of 4660. Now, we don't know exactly what the terms and conditions and all the premiums for your individual plans are going to be. That stuff will be available on October 1st. We'll be out in public here. Uh, I want to call it sometime in very early October. I'll be live running a closed webinar for those persons who are members of the paid Substack, where you can you can... Uh, subscribe to on jo.substack.com. Less than, I want to call it what, less than $3 a month. But what I'm going to be doing is actually in a closed session, going to be going and reviewing plans in different locations around the country. All right, let's continue. Uh, today, today we will see this, which is that sometime around noon today, you will have a debate. And the debate will be about the, what is it called? Infl Inflation Reduction Act, okay, which is basically the Democratic uh, Party coming to an agreement, coming to an agreement, and basically what it is going to do, and the reason I'm here to talk about it is that, you know, this kind of gets the big headlines. The reality is, is when it comes for persons and everyday people, right? You're not worried because you're not worried about corporate tax. You're not the one paying the corporate income tax, 
right? And it's not, let's see if it's here, it isn't. Okay, so I've reported about this in the past. I've reported about this in the past on this channel, right? There you'll, you'll see um, Ob Obamacare subsidies. There's a video on Obamacare subsidies, which is two clauses. Clause number one will be that the Part D for Medicare will be debatable by or negotiated by Medicare with the prescription drug manufacturers. That's part, that's number one. Number two is that the huge Affordable Care Act or Obamacare subsidies, which are tax credits, will be extended for three years. And this is very big. I mentioned it in that other video. It's why you should subscribe. Please do that. Right? I realize it's a lot of topics and a lot of complicated topics. And it's one of the weaknesses of YouTube, right? Because YouTube, what they're trying to do is trying to crimp you into 10 minutes to then watch and binge watch and binge watch. The problem here is that if you watch 10 minutes of Jay's Corner and you don't see, you'll realize that, oh, there's no possible way I would have covered the, all of the details in 10 minutes. That's just not going to be possible. The number of toxic topics is too many. The number of details within each topic is too many. So within 10 topics, unless I talked at white lightning speed and tried to fast forward everything. Anyway, the second one here, like I said, is the APTC. This, we will have to see. You can expect uh, all day debates. Uh, and you can, as, as always, the amount of time I'm going to be watching whatever NPR or whatever the you know, C-SPAN, I guess, is zero. It's the weekend and I have limits. So anyway, I think that's it. Oh no, we're going to have one more, right? We're going to have this. <clears throat> um, you, you, we're going to have fierce debate here uh, and you'll see it here. I'm very, very sure. You'll see this news here that ARP and yep, so almost for sure you're going to see the ARP out there on TV. Almost for sure. Right. Unavoidable. It's, you know, the ARP bulletin is the biggest circulation in the country. Pretty powerful. We'll have to see. It's going to be them against Big Pharma, and that's going to be part of the debate here uh, over the weekend. Okay. On to financial headlines. Let me take a drink of water here. On to financial headlines. Friday, <clears throat> Friday morning, the first, so the first Friday of every month, the national unemployment statistics for the prior month get announced. And here's what it said. Payrolls increased by 528,000 people in July. Much better than expected. Uh, the expectation was, as you can see here in the article, 258,000. So basically double. Basically double and slightly more than double the expectation. Now, let me just say that I, you know, I, what, what happened to the Great Resignation? Uh, it probably, uh, what I'd probably call is the uh, you know, great reemployment, probably as a result of, mm, let's just see. 
How about this? So this is a Forbes article that, uh, I'm gonna see how much you can see here on the screen. So this is Forbes, you know, I kind of cut off the top. I'll try to, no, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it. So this is Forbes, right? And this is just from the other day. Yep, August 2nd, American household debt increasing. So people from the channel understand that I'm on stocks for show, bonds for dough. People don't understand interest rates. You'll see another video saying inflation takes no prisoners, right? It erodes household finances. That, that's your bottom line, right? Inflation erodes household finances, period. So unless your wages increase, your salary, your income, unless it keeps pace with inflation, your power to buy stuff has declined. Doesn't matter what age division, doesn't matter what your net worth is. Now, for those person living check to check, you can understand that a small increase in inflation has a, makes a very uncomfortable situation more so than the person who has $10 million. That should be self-evident. But for me, what I could see is because of the fact of this, those persons forced back to work. We've known you could go drive for every five minutes, see help wanted, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. We've known this, right? This has been going on for a long time. Why all of a sudden has the payroll number increased? Here's probably an explanation, which is that household debt has forced persons and delinquencies are creeping higher. I'm not gonna go through all of the data that proves this point, right? You'll see what subprime auto loan delinquencies, et cetera, et cetera. There are tons of headlines. That's not the point of Jay's Corner to regurgitate headlines, but actually trying to explain to you its impact, its actual meaning. In addition to that, what you do see is, and I'll see, I thought that I, I, I thought that I had it in correct order here, the tabs, which are not shown on your screen, but here it is. That you've seen mortgage rates here, and this is the borrowing for a th on a 30-year mortgage. And rather than pinning, the, and I'm just gonna read it to you, which is a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 5.45% today, which is higher by 0.36%. 0.36% for the week, for the day, right? And for the week, 0.32%. So you, th this is kind of important because it has changed a couple of different things. Number one is that most persons understand that the cost of living, whether that be in rents or mortgages, is higher. Last week, last week during this live presentation, the one with Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction, that thumbnail, that one was saying that, look, what has happened is interest rates stable to lower. Well, the reality is, is that this headline, and here I'm going to fit the pieces for you together. 
this headline here basically signaled to the Federal Reserve, who's got a very difficult balancing act, very difficult, right? And what they are intending to do and that they sent out other persons from the Federal Reserve out to the public to say, look, we are not done raising interest rates. We are not done raising interest rates, not even close. And you can see what happened. This past week, reversing this path downwards, which has been the part of the wind behind the sails, by which persons could, let's just see if I can get it up here correctly, right? Mm, here we are. Nope, not that one. This one. So you can remember, remember that interest rates lower. What does that mean? The value of stuff higher. What is stuff? Bonds, stocks. Every risky asset, because R was going down, it get it uh, underpinned a sailing by which you could have higher prices for risky assets. That's precisely what happened. And then you also added that to the, the fact that everyone thought that the world was going to end. And that's why Uma Thurman appears as she told her joke about Fo with Fox Force 5, ketchup. And that's basically your explanation on what had happened last week. Well, now all the... And the world had been living under the idea that we would just simply continue on lower, lower, lower. And that did actually happen until Friday. And now all of a sudden, a rip higher in interest rates. And the ripple effect immediately felt in mortgage interest rates. And there's your link. If you're a home buyer, if you're a home buyer here, you're going to have to deal with this up and down, right? If you're targeting some type of where can I borrow, I've got my 20% and then I have to figure out how my, how my mortgage fits here. The federal, you have to do need to keep in touch with what is going on here. Maybe you don't like watching the news. Maybe you don't like watching the statistics. Well, the fact, because you think it has nothing to do with you, it does because of this. And the reason that exists, as I've explained to people in other videos, is that, that really what is happening here is the banks are selling your mortgage to bond investors. That's how mortgage origination works, okay? For an, a huge percentage, and especially for conforming something called conforming loans. So, and that is the majority. I'm not talking about the house that's more than a million dollars. That also gets securitized in very complicated fixed income markets. But my point is there's your link. That's how you connect these dots. That's your understanding and why you do need to understand 
or at least be aware of this type of stuff that's going on in your everyday world as you see the on business news if you just hear statistics going across you for five minutes and the reason i'm trying to build you this link is because rather than you just kind of glossing over and just looking at okay 5.45 why did it go a lot higher well it went a lot higher because this one went higher okay and if you are confused if you're confused you're not alone and and it doesn't really actually make sense that some called you know that you know so-called people might say that oh well i don't understand why this happened the reality is is that you can see here on twitter that i cherry picked persons who are actually in president of the federal reserve bank of neil of minneapolis the message the fed wouldn't back down in 2023 i.e bond markets should not price in fed rate cuts that's why this is happening here this is why for example in jay's corner i've been saying this entire time the one person's job you don't want to have this person right here very unpleasant very unpleasant because he understands that as he has to increase interest rates that he's going to be increasing mortgages which changes the cost of housing to people who want to buy homes that it's going to change this here that i have highlighted here so it is a very very thin very with and a very elevated tightrope that this person is walking very not not a very good job to have and in fact in jay's corner i said you think you don't like your job you got nothing on this person and that this is exactly the case and we'll talk about this here um because you know this is not a new message to anyone here subscribers of the newsletter and viewers of the channel which is I've been pointing this out and th and you can see the good thing about the good and the bad, right? I'm not trying to be predictive about the absolute direction, right? That has randomness involved. There is randomness involved, right? I mean, in other words, you know, nothing is to say, let's just see if we can flip it up here, right? It can go up or down at any point in time. And then you can see here, whoops, not there. That's not it at all, is it? Oh, let's just see. If you have multiple times, it this just expands, right? And that's all this is, right? It's to give you the intuition so you can understand that this is in fact what is going on. And oh yeah, by the way, very importantly, you can see that over here, that over time that this blue curve, which looks a lot like the bell curve, because it is the bell curve. All I've been saying is that this bell curve here 
which we thought was that shape, is now much flatter. The tails are much wider apart from each other, which is another way of saying much more volatile. And, I'm, you know, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I don't like the way that I look to start. And I especially don't like today. Let's just turn this down a little bit here. There we go. Okay. No, I didn't work it. That's better. Too blue. Okay, so anyway, the blue curve there on your far right hand of your screen is not that same narrow bell. It is a much flatter, wider one. A much flatter, wider one. I think we can agree. And that became interest rates. Well, that meant this. That meant the prices of your houses up and down more. The risky assets, stocks, bonds, real estate, everything driven by this same, same formula. There, there are variations, right? Of course, but that's the general framework to not overly complicate things. But you can see here, I'm talking about the fact that these interest rates have gone up. What you can do to stay calm and my observation was that risky assets were calm, were very orderly moving. This was February, if anything, too orderly. Meaning what basically I saw, observed, not I didn't determine or I didn't say that, you know, we were going in one direction, was that, oh yeah, by the way, that blue curve looked a lot wider and a lot flatter. And what that would do is inevitably make the up and down of risky assets greater. And that's what, exactly what you had. Not splitting atoms, not splitting atoms here, right? And of course, there's always time for Mad Men. Oh. Hold that. How are you? Not great, Bob. And so you would see the unrest. Very clear resulting unrest from the fact that we had higher volatility. Okay. Let's continue here. What has that meant over the past week? So, oh, by the way, be sure to like and subscribe because I'm going to give you a week break, which is next Saturday. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be close to a camera. Um, but what I thought is I would take a look back at last week and take a look at where we are today. So since we've kind of had this pattern with me taking snapshots with you on the weekend, which is really the only time that I really have to do this, is this is a retirement fund right? A targeted retirement fund. Many persons have seen these types of funds in your 401k. They are available for individuals. And you can see this here, which is that if we take a look at last week's video, and I'm not going to take us there, but this is where we are year to date as of this past Friday night, yesterday, last evening. This is still your year to date, minus 
You can remember for persons on Jay's corner, you can see that I'm com comparing it because this is n very similar to Vanguard's minus 13.06. If this is your first time here, you can see how close this is. If you started out with a hundred dollars, these are different. These are different by thirteen pennies on a hundred dollars. And I realize that people say, "Okay, well, these persons are just making it up. These people are just estimating and making it up." Okay with all of the moving parts that could be happening on the planet, with the entire global investment landscape certainly accessible to the largest investors in the world, they're creating combinations where the investment retirement objective, and I just made up the date here for 2040 and made them the same for comparative purposes to compare apples to apples. So I use the same date as you can see. They came within 13 pennies of each other. And last week, they were identical to the penny. To the penny. The point is, is that it, all the headlines told you straight higher. But the reality is, is what ended up happening is... You can see it down here and you can see I'm going to give you some insight, which is here. And I use the Vanguard one because it is a bit more instructive here. Is a cup is that you can see that 15 percent was sitting in bonds. And so this is actually 20. And 30 percent in international stocks. So the reality is, is that this number here improved by something like 0.7% for the week. Let's just take a look at what happened to the market as a whole. And we'll, and we'll be able to see it here. This is the S&P 500. This is the most diverse version of U.S. stock markets as a whole. Well, I guess the Russell 2000, but it's got... It has too many small, very small companies. That's why I don't use it. But you can see where we were. Uh, let's, what's the best way? Here we are. We've had some pretty big run-up. And this was what? This was the middle of June. And even here, the past week, the past weeks, right? The end of what last two weeks ago. Let's just take a look and see when that was. Right? The 25th in here, it's, you've gotten reports about how much higher the financial markets are. But the reality is, is this hasn't moved too much. Because why? What you have is that the set of securities hasn't moved. The set of security, this is not only stocks. And in addition to that, you can see what happened here is that international holdings, international holdings, just use the euro, 
actually weakened. So this is the one day daily chart. So you can see over this past week, what you had is kind of up here, 1.0253, down to 1.0137. That looks small. It's 1% just based on retranslating back to euro. So you had 100 euro, you made it into dollars, right? You now have 1% less dollars. That's it, right? Doesn't matter. Even if the euro stock, let's just call it one share of Volkswagen, one share of Volkswagen in Frankfurt at X euro, let's say it was completely unchanged last week. This week, it's down by 1% lower because you've translated it back to dollars in this term, which is foreign exchange. Thirty percent sitting in international stocks. Okay, so this is an unknown to many people, and well, people who go traveling internationally, they they see it, they know it, right? I mean, uh, people who are going to uh, Europe on vacation right now, well, congratulations, you, you know, your vacation is on ten to fifteen percent discount, right? Food, all of that stuff your price is down by 15% across the board, right? Because you've taken your dollars, you've translated to euro, you've got a lot more euro, now 15% more, and then you buy beer that they sell to you for, well, sorry, it's still 10, 10 euro, but you can understand my point. This kind of stuff doesn't get a lot of headlines, right? It's no fun to be re reporting it over here on CNBC. And it's not only CNBC, it's, it's the major media regarding financial media. But on this translation alone, you can see its ripple effect into here on your retirement funds. And oh yeah, by the way, well, they shouldn't be doing that or that's like totally wrong. No, I wouldn't say that. Why? And the reason I say don't, I wouldn't make that conclusion is why? Because the other one of the leaders in the app, undisputed leaders in the world, is sitting there 13 pennies different on $100. 13 pennies on $100. That's where we've been. Now, where are we going? So, this coming week, this coming week, and let's just take a look here, right? Let's take CPI. This coming week, uh, maybe, according to some, maybe the most one of the most important statistics coming up. You know, and here's, I I think that the. the that the Federal Reserve persons that that I, for example, like here, that I quoted here, right? I am not surprised that this happened. I am not surprised that the Federal Reserve, they're intentionally sending people to the podium. 
right? This isn't a mistake. Let's not presume it's a mistake. Oh, they just happened to call up the press or they just happened to be, say, you know, I'm going to speak at this place and they start waving people over with not a lot of advance notice. When, and it's tell, to talk to tell people about this, it's to help you set your expectations. The market took notice. The professional market took notice. Right? And what did they do? They immediately increased interest rates that day. What? 15, 16%. In 0.156, so, you know, 16 basis points, which is a huge change in interest rates. It's a huge change in interest rates. The stunning thing, the stunning thing actually for me was the fact that equities didn't move. Not really. It took a very bad morning. You can see it here. Very bad morning. When it first saw this data on Friday, you'd think, oh, half a million jobs. Great. Right? The economy's not going to be in a recession. No, that's not actually the way the path of reasoning goes. Right? It first went to here. Saying, oh, that means interest rates higher. That means the price of risky stuff lower. What is that? Stock straight down. And you saw it immediately. Immediately. We saw it even before the equity market opened. The at Right at 9.30 in New, in New York or Eastern Time, as soon as the market opened, you saw straight down. Actually, what was surprising to some degree is the narrative from that point, and we don't exactly know. Generally speaking, Generally speaking, we consider the, the bond market, the professional market, the equity market being dominated by individuals and smaller sizes. That's why I use stocks for show, bonds for dough. But you can see in prior explanations about how I've tried to show persons congestion zones. And here it is. Right smack in here where there's lots of debate all you know back here in february time frame when the world first started to become accustomed to the fact that oh oops that r here is not going lower continuously on and on and on and on right that the moving around here of r would create turmoil and that turmoil sitting there, as you can see. As you can see there. As you can see, why I was observing happened to be just prior in February. When's this? February. You can see it. Two, two to three days after the February 10th when I sent on and said, not great, Bob. That in fact, the equity markets then followed. 
there can be a lag. We will, I'll be very fascinated to see what happens this coming week. Because even, even more so than two weeks ago, when we had the Federal Reserve and Google and Apple and everyone reporting earnings, right? Because those could have just netted each other out. But now it's pretty clear. We're not gonna have noise of, you know, did Apple grow or did their earnings beat expectations? In other words, we, we don't have what I've been saying over the last, you know, months we don't have happy talk on the numerator coming up this week. We don't. We don't have earnings here. So we, we're not going to have any cover or crossfire on talk about what C1, C2, and CT are. We're just not going to have those headlines to create a diversion. Right? Because... The information that you get in the popular press and the, the financial media is really dominated by the numerator, right? And which is the entire reason that I've said stocks for show, bonds for dough. Stocks for show, that information is all the, about the numerator. I'm talking about, hey, let's understand the denominator first, which are interest rates and foreign exchange. From there now, last couple of weeks, two weeks ago particularly, Right when we had Uma. Yep, when we had Uma. Right, was that last week? It <laughs> tells you how long, uh, long a year it's been. It seems like a month ago. We had Uma and the video with that thumbnail. You had the Fed and Apple and Google and Microsoft all during the same week. Crazy. Right, too much crossfire. This coming week, you will not have the earnings power. You'll have what Disney. I think want to say, right? Disney alone, as which will be interesting. But now we're still right back here in a pretty key spot for me. And by key spot is not determined by me and my valuation or what I think about up or down. What I'm observing is this is a key spot as far as where the market participants have been debating. So remember, the market is a mechanism to determine the clearing price of my used mobile phone. So if I put it up for auction, how much would it get? That's what the markets do. The market is an auction, an open auction, ongoing auction for the price that people will pay for a financial asset. And what's this? This is why, at least understanding these pictures, understand so that you know where, that people have been debating here. And the reason that that's important is because under these circumstances, that if you get out to one of these tails, what actual price could result? The world is going to end. The euro's going to 90. Well, straight down we went. And oh yeah, by the way, what happened? We went straight down to the same spot. And what we'll see is we'll see a look back here. Right? So you saw 
Once the, that debate, oh, we were debating here. Nope, straight back down. Even further extending the loss. And now the world looks like it's going to end. All my explanation of that would have been is, as it was at that time, we've just extended down over here. And now we got to be careful because you're still at the red arrow for the next Monday. Well, now all of a sudden people think, okay, well, interest rates more stable, foreign exchange stable-ish, and up we went. Back, based off possible ranges. This is the market mechanism, and, and what have I done? I've just described the auction price to this phone. Oh, there are lots available for sale. Oh, there are none available for sale. And from there on and on it goes, what I'm saying about this coming week is, about this coming week is, we don't have cover for this young man. We don't have cover for, for this person here who's going to be watching on Wednesday. And the probable, the probable answer has been that these persons got sent up to the podium to tell you that, you know what, this Wednesday may not matter to this person. I'm not alone, right, in this opinion. This person is the, <laughs> amongst market participants, there are, bigger, <laughs> there are bigger amongst equals, right? And here you have it. Global fixed income CIO and portfolio manager for BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager. Right? So this isn't just, you know, Joe Average. The strength of today's number leaves the base case assumption that the Fed would probably have to do another 75 basis points from here unless the CPI shows some dramatic weakness, which seems highly likely at this point. This is a very well, very well, very carefully worded tweet. Right? This is not some gas bag just like blowing off steam. It's like almost impossible. These persons understand their weight, right? This person understands his place. Global fixed income <laughs> chief investment officer, right? Like I said, Amongst every investor, that's not just the average size. Even he's telling you that this person is in a pickle. Telling you that this person here, who's on the Federal Reserve, is unlikely to back down, not only now, but, the Fed, but this person interpreted, and I'm going to leave the interpretation, but basically said that they're not prob they're probably not going to lower or stop increasing rates and you can see a report from earlier in the week Mary Daly Fed is nowhere near done in the battle against inflation from there we will s what we are going to be looking to see what the market the world is going to be looking to see when it comes to the thing of, on, for example, on risky assets then, and bonds are risky too. I'm just, the pre, 
the payment of which is not risky, right? Because the U.S. government, which is I'm, which is the one that I'm quoting, the one that people are accustomed to, is whether or not these prices for my mobile phone correctly reflect the fact that not and that not seen inflation cool at all. Mary Daly, another Fed person saying Fed is nowhere done. Biggest investor in in the world saying, you know, another 75 basis points coming up next in September. Whether or not this is correctly addressing this, in other words, correctly taking that into account is your question that we cannot answer. We're just observers. We are just observing the reaction. And that's the important last point, which is that we're looking here. You don't see this person, for example, right? you don't see this person predicting, oh, as a result, the market's going to go up or down. You don't see that, right? They're, right. In other words, the most professional are not going to be see it, saying that they're just simply observing the fact that it's unlikely that interest rates, that the Fed is going to do something. He's not saying where we are, whether or not this correctly reflects that expectation. It's not. What else is he not saying? He's not asking you, saying, okay, he knows that we're here at this red arrow. He's not telling you up or down tomorrow in bonds or in stocks. Nothing. He's just telling you is that his opinion on this matter, which is backed up by by the Fed board members that, oh yeah, by the way, it's unlikely that interest rates are necessary, that the Fed's effect on interest rates is not to go lower. Now, last point. The reverse side of what happened earlier in the year, the first part of the year, is also true going exactly the other way which is what's bad about this formula is that R is actually like R1, R2, R3, R4. In other words, there are sub R's. Okay. One, which is the, which is the official treasury rate. One, which is your one, which is inflation. And one is also inflation expectations. So let's just call it those as three subcomponents. You could say that R, the, the sum, has gone down because inflation expectations have gone down. And that is what the Fed is trying to accomplish. That is very clear. Right? That is very clear. Maybe you wish that there was no camera ever. Anyway, that's kind of the point of these tweets here. We have not seen inflation cool. In under, they seem to be trying to tell you, hey, 
inflation is still high, so your inflation expectations may be too low. Nevertheless, we are price takers always, right? No one investor de determining the price of these bonds, of bonds from interest rates. And then from there, the status of risky assets. So very heavily weighted today, right? Meaning that only 15 or 20 minutes so on healthcare cost planning. Uh, and most of the time here on tying together how the dots fit and are connected to one another. Now, last takeaway. Last week I pointed, I swerved for, for 15 minutes. I'm only talk about it for two to three minutes and be sure to like and subscribe to the channel because I'm showing you each of these details etc in some detail I'm going to re-highlight these two lines and I'm going to re-highlight them in let's just call it I don't know what is this hot pink these last two cash and savings and annuities right so basically what has happened is from last week this number here has gone from 86 is now right? You started at 100. It's now 86. It used to be 80, by the way. It's now 86. My point has been, maybe it's supposed to have been 80 and 6, or 80 and 1 and 5. And the reason for that could have been that this would create income later that does never change. Right? In other words, these are these layers. These are these layers of either income or other assurances which can create stability and therefore allow you to accept further up and down on what remains. So this is me working backwards and it, you can see I've got it at 31 years old. Okay, a different person's going to have a different set of circumstances at 60. Most risky for me is my generation, right? Not retirement age. A difficult horizon over the long period and I've not really revealed kind of what I thought think about the next 10 years I will at some point when I get that far down the to-do list we're not here today but you if you call yourself 50 you're still 100 you're this number that you started out with at the beginning of the year is down by different degrees generally speaking, unless you've taken wild risk or 100% cash. But let's just presume if you're the average 401k done. And I've given you the number. So you can understand, right? This 2040 is not too far off, right? So for, and for this specific person at Mr. X, who's 50 years old, we have gone up, right? So this used to be 80 where this is zero and zero, you could say that this should still be 80 and redeploy down here. And the reason I say that, and only as an important point to get educated on, is because inside the reason that those now, the return profiles have improved is because 
interest rates have increased since February. Meaning that inside here, these two pink lines are interest rate dependent, which is good for those persons who are savers. Meaning the problem with the last 20 years has been the fact that a, someone who's 70 years old could not just keep cash and take the interest because interest was basically zero at the savings account, checking account, zero. So it forced persons into huge stock balance. Well, it has swung the other way and notably, three percent basically 2.8%, right? Because it was the 10-year was 1.5, but it was less than 1%. So it's gone up by 2%. 2% isn't zero. I, don't, I wouldn't call it zero. Because even that every extra layer is some stability now, when you go to 50 years old, you have a multiplier effect because then that extra 2% compounds over time. And in here is an interest-sensitive component. There are two videos, one which is talking about annuities, one which is talking about life insurance as a retirement tool. For those persons who are not 65, 67, 70, but rather for those at 50, 55, younger than 55, there can be a notable addition to more complicated instruments, but with very important functions. Before we used to always say, oh, well, this is going to keep going up. You know, it's going to go up by 10%. It's going to go up by 20, 10%, right? And we're going to keep up, 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 not. Yeah, well, this, right. This now was 100 here and now is 86. Meaning that everything then Can be re, has to be reevaluated, and we've gotten a somewhat a break because this used to be eighty and is now eighty six. Perhaps a reason to take a look at other instruments. Okay, that's all I got for today. Be sure to like, subscribe. You can send me questions info at gh2benefits.com. The text below the video will have all that stuff. Contact information pretty much 24-7. You'll get your answer within an hour. Remember, we're off next week. Uh, take a look at your inbox. I'm going to be trying to have lots of, I'll certainly have some entries uh, in your inbox over the coming week to see what happens with the upcoming data. Should be interesting as always.